Welcome. You are listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have quite a show for you today. Uh, we have a, a, a pretty good topic uh, of the show. We're going to talk about some uh, some cozy games, some you know, kind of what all that entails. Uh, we also, of course, have media to talk about. Um, you know. Austin doing anime stuff, and Dylan no, doing true, nothing. Yeah. Um, hey, I watched movies this time. You did, you did. I'm proud of you. Unfortunately, I don't. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> I I would not expect you to enjoy it. Uh, but uh, yeah, and then we got video games. Obviously, we're going to talk video games. So um, I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen. And I am joined, as almost always, by my two co-hosts, Dylan to the windows, Martin, and Austin to the walls, Stevens. How's it going, fellas? It is delightful. Great now. <clears throat> that was a good name, right? I, that I, was good. That was a good one. I appreciated that one. And I understood. You understood that reference? Yeah, I got that one. He's not that young. He's pretty young, though. <laughs> what was it, like 2004? Uh, no, 2008, actually. Yeah. That was... I was born the same day Obama went into office. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's... I don't even think that's right. I don't think he went into office till 2019. That's fine. Or tw- 20... God damn it. Yeah, 2009. Okay. It was 2000. Fuck. I went to bed at 3 a.m. and got up at 5, so excuse me. Uh, 5 p.m.? Uh, no, also a.m. Oh. Yeah. You only had two hours of sleep? Yeah, I want to die right now. I've wanted to put a bullet in my mouth since I got out of bed oh, this morning. So just a normal Wednesday. Pretty much, yeah. Just an everyday. And now you're here. Now you're here. I am. And you For whatever are... reason. I I am... The Bebop Man. Who am I? I am the Bebop Man. Okay, that's not where I thought that was going. Me either. I was scared. <laughs> scared for Austin's not been here in six and a half months. It's true. What have you been doing, yeah, Austin? Me? Yes. Uh, I watched a couple Marvel movies. No, I mean, like, why were you out? Oh, I just thought that was a really good uh, It wasn't. Segue. We were trying to extend this, so go back. <laughs> uh, why was I out last week? Just, you know, you've not been here in, like, eight months, so. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, man. Just a lot of shit. Okay, moving on. I don't know if we're on the same page or not. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> no, All right. Well, behind. um. Oh, probably. Uh, you said something about Marvel. I'm gonna, I'm maybe. gonna let you go, and I'm gonna tune out for like, you That's, know. We're not gonna do forever. the thing. See, Austin, in the past two episodes that you've missed, we've started this thing where we state one personal fact about ourselves. So you have to pick it up now. I don't believe that. I listened I to the last like episode. I don't know. I don't think that that happened. It, definitely did so now it, it yeah it happened yep. <clears throat> so no i actually didn't listen to the Patreon see that's the where the exclusive stuff happens so that being said <laughs> um you've missed two episodes and then this is the third so we need three personal facts about you very personal um i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna dox myself like that you just gotta state things that won't dox yourself while remaining true to the personal comment mm. Um. See now you're putting me on the spot. I don't appreciate it. 
Because now I can't come up with Just anything. Just think on your feet. Be better. <laughs> Personal fact number one. You can't think on your feet. There, I saved you one. Now you got to come up with two more. There you go. Right. That is true. I'm not good at it. Um, uh, here's one. Uh, I have no idea what's been happening for the last 15 minutes. Okay. That is definitely a problem. Considering you've been of present mind for the past 15 minutes, I thought. Yeah. You say yeah. Can we start no, over? This is all staying in. Because I don't like what's well, going you're on. You're still down two facts. No, I'll, I'll let you get by with that one. So we have you're not good at something, and then you're lost at all points in time. Yeah. There's third. a second. Um. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know, man. I can't. I'm not this, good at this. You're letting people down. I. I'm it's sorry. Fun. You're sorry a I'm lot. Exhausted. There's the third one. There you go. Just Jesus Christ. <laughs> they learned so much about us the past couple of episodes. Like, just really deep, personal content. Yeah. It's just we fell short here, Stevens. It's okay. Uh, we'll get them next time. You know, you said that you've been doing Marvel movie stuff. Yeah. Not listen to that part. Can we talk about something else? <laughs> it's okay. I don't really want to talk about it. What either. Marvel movie? Are they old movies? Are they new movies? No. Uh, I the only thing I've seen from like the entirety of 2022 was uh, Doctor Strange. Okay. Didn't No Way Home come so, out last year? No, that was that's 21. Scary. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I went back and I watched Black Panther. The f- and I watched Love and Thunder. And I just, I don't know, man. I didn't really like either of them. I think I'm just burnt. I don't know if I'm burnt out. I will say I... I enjoyed Love and Thunder a lot more than I thought I would. I don't think it's like... I didn't think it was great. But it was definitely, I mean, like, it, it was just fun. It was just funny and fun. And that's all I felt like it was. I, I do appreciate that, uh, especially Love and Thunder and Black Panther 2, neither one of them really felt like they were, uh, you know, two and a half hour long trailers for, like, seven different fucking projects. And I really appreciated that. Um I, I I don't know. I, I, I don't really like the actress that plays Shuri, and I don't particularly know why. I just don't think that she's very good. I've also never seen anything else that has her in it, so I can only draw from uh, the two Black Panther films. But um, they weren't great, and I was kind of let down, but I, I think I'm just burnt out. I think that's my issue with all I think, of Marvel. I just do not care anymore. Yeah, like... I tried to watch the first episode of uh, Moon Knight. I made Oops. it all of ten minutes before I said out loud that I did not care about what was going on and then changed it. I forgot that I even started that. Um, and then same thing with Miss Marvel. I just I just didn't care. I just There's too much. Care. I'm too burned out. I don't care anymore. Like, the story that I cared about ended with Endgame. Yeah. I mean... Now, post that, I've not really seen anything past that, aside from Spider-Man 
and Doctor Strange. Like I started and like night, but I made it an episode. I mm -hmm. think the the reason why it took me so long to watch to even attempt to watch the rest of the stuff from 2022 is because Doctor Strange put such a bad taste in my mouth. I I genuinely did not like that movie in in really almost any aspect. And I just didn't, I, I was like, I definitely just don't care about what comes after. Luckily, Love and Thunder was, at the very least, fun. I mean, it, it wasn't anything thought-provoking or wonderful, but it it was fun. It was a fun ride. Um, I, th what's the, who, uh, what's the actress's name that plays, uh, Valkyrie? Uh, not a clue. You know who I'm talking about, yeah, though, know, right? Yep. Yeah, I, I think she's incredible. I think that she was super, super awesome in that movie. Um, and I think uh, this was... I don't I don't think it was better than Ragnarok, but it was definitely better than the first two Thor movies. I mean, that's... But I also think they're the worst of the MCU. I think I agree. As... Maybe not Thor yeah, 1. Yeah, I was going to say Dark I, World, I, I did what not. what Thor 1 did. Like... Yeah, Dark World sucks. That's an awful movie. I think with me, man, like aside from the two movies that I just talked about... I've not seen She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight. I have not seen Shang-Chi, uh, Black Widow movie. I've not seen The Eternals. And anything that's mm. come out this year. And it's just too much, dude. Like, I... It is, it's, man. It's overwhelming. It's such an oversaturation. And, and then Ant-Man just came out. I don't care about that. Uh, I, 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 I have not even watched the fucking trailer for Ant-Man, but I did read a couple of reviews and I, a lot of people are saying this is like Eternals level bad. Yeah. I heard it was really lackluster. I think, uh, Justin might've said it was Which fun is crazy. and that the mood, like the critics are being a little too harsh on it. I think that was him. Really? It probably, that sounds like something Justin would say, uh. so probably. And that's, I've seen that with a couple of friends now. Like, it's just, it's another okay ride. It's nothing to write home about. Yeah. And that's that's all any movie since Endgame, uh, with the exception of Spider-Man, of course. Spider yeah, they Man knocked was, it out of the park. I think was a truly yeah, awesome they movie. they did great. But, uh, yeah, the rest of it, it hasn't been great, man. And I and you know Kevin Feige has even recently admitted that he agrees that they are they are putting out too much yeah. content, which I hope that because I think he said they wanted to scale it back to uh, three movies a year and two Disney Plus series a year or I something like that. I like how that's scaling it back. Yeah, right. That's still a I, lot, dude. Even one at the beginning and one at the end of the year is pushing it for me. I mean, because they're still so close together, if you really think about it. It's true. Um, and the issue is, like, I have no, I guess, attachment to any of the ones that are prevalent right now or the ones coming out. Um, I know Guardians 3 is just around the corner, and I'll give it a shot. But I care about the Fantastic Four. I care about Daredevil. I care about Blade mm. and Ghost Rider, if those ever come. I know Blade is. I don't know if they've said shit about Ghost Rider, but, um, like, Blade for sure, I'm excited for. But mm. all of these are really, really distant projects. I think the Marvels are coming out this year, 
which again i would have to watch the miss marvel series to even get caught up with it um <laughs> yeah it just and, and, and oh, fuck dude there's so and i've seen people roasting the shit out of uh, the Marvels movie because they're like because for some fucking reason everybody hates Brie Larson and everybody hates that first fucking uh, Captain Marvel movie. I that's not why I'm not interested. I'm just genuinely not interested. It has nothing to do with some bullshit hatred, unjustifiable hatred of Brie Larson, like the whole internet seems to fucking have for some. Yeah, I don't reason. have an issue with her. I just didn't find. I just wasn't attached to the movie. Have no infatuation so f- with the com- uh, the comics or anything like that either. It's so funny that like you see all these trolls go like way out of their way to try to roast Brie Larson in that first Captain Marvel movie, but like it still made over a billion dollars in the box yeah. office. There was still enough people interested and in wanting to see that movie. So that's I don't know, man. Give it a rest. It's been fucking three years since that movie came out. Shut up. I don't. We'll see, man. I'm just... I don't care anymore. And it's like Star Wars. It, I don't... Yeah. Well, it's anything Disney yeah, owns, honestly. actually, if we want to look at it that way. <laughs> they just keep Dude. funneling out shit. You know what I haven't seen enough of? Actual Disney movies that I want to see. There are some good ones. Um, fuck, there was one that came out last year that was really, really good. I don't remember the name of it. Um... Was last year Fuck, Encanto? that's going to bother the shit on me. Uh, no, Encanto was 21. However, I also think that Encanto was an incredible movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Madison wanted me to cosplay Bruno so bad, and I was like, I don't think I should do that. I'm trying to think. I really enjoyed Raya when that came out. Yeah, Raya was really good. I, um... Uh, that movie, Turning Red, was really good. I didn't see that. I really enjoyed that. Someone told me about it. It was cute. It was cute. It was super cute. It was like a like a it's like a coming of age story. It's it's nice. Yeah, I think I, I enjoyed I remember it. That. Um, I think I saw somewhere that like I don't see. I I have a lot of I thinks in this right, but I think I saw somewhere that Toy Story Five is being worked on, right? Yeah, okay. it is. They confirmed right. that and stop it. Stop it! What? Stop! They should okay, stop. Good because I don't like Toy Story. <laughs> you know, I'd never seen them until like last year or the year before. I just don't maybe care for it. Like I, I grew up really? with the child. Like it was my childhood growing up. I remember watching them in theaters. Do you think that's why? Do you think you just consume too much of it as a child? That as an adult, you're like, oh, God, no. I, don't care. I mean, because if you t- turn I that. Do that around i did the same thing with let's just say lilo and stitch or oh god i love a nightmare i about said nightmare on elm street nightmare before christmas or um, alice in wonderland no matter which incarnation it was like i poured myself into it Um, Mm -hmm. so i don't know why i was never attached to toy story i just like when i had to play through that in the kingdom hearts game i was like great Oh, see, I was having a blast. Dude. I mean, I, I, I will admit I that it was, was a fun world. I think that that's one of the most fun worlds in that in the entire game. In that game, yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, in that game specifically. It's no, uh, definitely pretty not cool to go from Andy's room to the outside to the mall or whatever it was. 
Yeah, and then you can fucking do the like the arcade shit with like the robot yeah. suits. Like that. Like was it, fun. It, it, that, that was level cool. was genuinely fun, but I don't care for the characters within it. Never cared for Woody. Don't care about Buzz. I like Rex. I like Slinky. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, that's wild, man. I I really uh, when I watched the first two, but I mean maybe it's because I didn't watch them as a kid. When I watched the first two, um, I really enjoyed them. August was stuck on them for a minute, bro. I watched the first movie every day for like eight I'm fucking so months, sorry, dog. Man, that's so. I mean, by that point, I kind of well, started to hate it. That's how I feel yeah, about Moana. I will not watch yeah, Moana again. I will say that still has one of the best songs and like heart wrenching moments of any Disney. Oh, you're right. I think that movie is incredible, but I have watched it. I probably watched Moana every day for probably a year and a half. I'm so sorry. It's another level. (laughs) They get old fast. Yeah. It's different when you can just sit down and be like, I want to watch a Disney movie tonight, and you don't have to watch it for the next six days in a row. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That's how August is right now with uh, Sonic 2. Ouch. Well, at least you liked it. Well, you did like it. Oh, I, I still right. like it. I'll still sit down and watch it. I fucking... I love that movie. We'll check in next week when you come back after watching it seven days ago. <laughs> Honestly. I don't remember the last movie I actually sat down and just... I could watch it over and over. I can do that with The Office. I think I've said that multiple times. I can do it with that, Yeah, but... I don't know if there's a movie that's not a Disney movie. Let's think about that, that I could just sit down and be like, I want to watch this again and again and again. Even everything, everywhere. Oh, I definitely have a movie. You have one that's not a Disney movie? Yeah, I definitely have a movie that's not a Disney movie that I think I could watch. No, it's anime. (laughs) It's an anime. It's still a movie. That is true. still counts. Is it Evangelion? still a theatrical release. It is Evangelion. It's It's the end of Evangelion. All right. I can't even be mad. You know me so well. It's like we're soulmates. And I'm still not embracing you. Um, so, so there's... <laughs> there's... Um, <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. I could sit down and watch a couple of times just to try to pick up on different themes that it's tackling and I guess details that I missed along the way. Mm-hmm. But I really don't think that I have something that is not a Disney movie that I would want to watch over and over. And especially, like, if it's a franchise and I've just had enough of it. I'm not doing Star Wars. I'm not doing a Marvel movie. I'm not doing an Indiana Jones movie. Um, God, it's kind of sad to sit here and think about how I just... (laughs) I'm not really... Have you... Have you... Uh, seen some of the things that Disney has purchased within like the last year? No, I don't think so. So Disney has bought the streaming rights. Uh, I'm not sure if it is just in America or maybe internationally or you know Japan specific or whatever. But um, Disney has recently bought the streaming rights for the original Dragon Ball. Huh? But that's not all they bought. They also bought the rights to make a live-action adaptation of Dragon Ball. Mm. That's a real thing. I swear to God, that is a real thing. I was in very much disbelief, and I looked it up last night, and I mean, everything I read looked genuine, and I was like, holy shit. 
Um, but they also bought the international streaming rights, which I'm assuming that means probably everywhere that's not America or Japan. Um, but they bought the streaming rights for uh, Bleach Thousand Year Blood War. What? Yeah, any country that's not the U.S. or Japan, Thousand Year Blood War is only watchable on Disney+. Plus. Is that not wild? What are they doing? But, but, like, it was only a matter of time, right? It was only a matter of time before Disney tried dipping their toes into the anime market. That's, I mean... I wish they would create more originals of their own in that regard. Didn't they do like oh, absolutely. a really cool Star Wars? Uh, yeah, and it was yeah. awesome. Who made, who it was did, really fucking cool. Someone that we've talked about recently did the design on that, right? I think so. Yeah, I think Let's so. I think, but I think each episode had like different artists or oh, something. Maybe that's what it or was. maybe I'm confusing that with something else. But I, I yeah, I think each episode had like a different uh, design team behind it. I gotcha. I could be totally thinking of something else, but I'm pretty sure it's that. I don't think that's true. I, it might not be. You don't think so? What am I thinking of? Who then? knows? But the good news is is that... Also, hello, Josh. Uh, we've got the Marvel talk out of the way. And now we don't have to talk Marvel for that's the true. next six months. Thank <laughs> God. Yep. That is true. Are you also burnt out on it, Josh? <laughs> so, it, but why do you still go see him in theaters? Though? I don't. I, I thought you saw Black Panther and, and Doctor Strange in theaters. Yes. Well, Doctor okay. Strange let, is different. Yeah, let me put it this way. Um, I go see movies in theaters if they are people that, like, I want to go see. Like, for instance, mm, okay, um, okay, okay. Thor was Taika Waititi, which actually I didn't even see Thor in theaters. I didn't. I, I saw that on uh, Disney+. Plus. But Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Ryan Coogler and I like Sam Raimi, so I was like, okay, I'll go see these in theaters. But I haven't even remotely thought about going to go see Ant Man. Um, <laughs> and I don't think you're alone in that. I haven't even seen the trailer for it yet. Uh, it looks like a Marvel movie. <laughs> um, what the hell was I going to say? I don't have a brain cell in my head right now. That's okay, neither do I. Um, what were y'all's opinions on the Flash trailer, uh, if you've seen it? Uh, caters to the fans. Looks fun. Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> Could not care less. <laughs> yep. Damn. Like, it just, it does nothing. Like, I, it's just... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in the same boat. I mean, even, I'm just burnt out. I'm burnt out on superheroes, dude. Yeah. I... Give me the zombie craze. Give me that back. <laughs> Honestly. I I think it's exciting to see Michael Keaton again, but then it was like like okay, that's cool, but like that's that's it. I will watch it on a streaming service. Truly. Yeah, probably same. Okay. Josh, what have you well... been into? Uh, I've been keeping up with this little show called, uh, The Last of Us. You might have heard of it. I don't know. It's, it's pretty small. Not many, not many people have, but maybe yeah. you have. Oh. Small. A24 oh, aren't they film. making a game based off of it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Sick. <laughs> um, alright. Where, where are you at, Dylan? Don't Did even you fall worry off? about it. Yep. Fell off. But, I, we watched an episode the other night. I'm only on episode four, but you can spoil away. I don't care. 
Oh, I, well, I mean, you've played The Last of Us, so there is no spoiling, right? True, if if you when pl- it's a shot for shot. I mean, there are things that they're adding, I'm hearing, that I've not seen, but I don't even care. Like, you talk yeah. about everything. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I we've, we've talked about this a lot recently, I feel like. I still really like the show, but I think it's starting to kind of... I don't want to say wear out its welcome, but it's starting to show, like, I don't know. It's not as good as the first, I think, two episodes made it out to be. I think those first two episodes are pretty damn good. Um, Dang. And three, four, five, and six are also, they're they're good. They're really good television, I think. Um, it just, there's... There's a lot of like overly written stuff uh, that I, I've started noticing. Like um, Pedro Pascal, he. <sighs> so he is supposed to go on, you know, the story arc or whatever, and um, character arc not story arc. He's supposed to go on his, on his character arc and come out like, you know, a better man or whatever. And every single episode, it feels like there is someone constantly telling him, this is who you are supposed to be. This is who you're supposed to be. And, uh, and this is who you are. There are a lot of people who are doing that. And it kind of just feels trite for him to, I don't know, to, he, his character arc has stopped too early because in the game, he, like the emotional core of what's there still kind of hasn't happened yet. Like the true test of faith for Joel is at, at the end there, right? Where it's, can he live with like losing another person and the emotional arc that that comes or that that happens with is only kind of like shown in the game like what's the how do I want to word this um you're only shown hints of that at, at this at this point in the game through episode six, whereas I feel like with the show it's kind of already gotten to the point where he he realizes what his character arc is, if that makes sense. And I don't know. I feel like that's just again. I, again, I feel like it's overly written. Like I I feel like everyone telling him this thing and then him like kind of like realizing what's happening to him and stuff like that is really kind of a far cry from the storytelling of the game. And then you, you know, you mentioned that it was like, um, uh, shot for shot or whatever, like this game or this show is basically the cut scenes from the game. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but like, also, some of the the story beats that I, th- I think you you 
get through playing as these characters hit a little bit harder um, in some ways. And I I just kind of feel like it's it's still like I said it's still very it's still very very good. Um, uh, it, it just it isn't as gripping, I think, as a lot of people are saying it is. I don't know. I'm curious to see my thoughts on it as I go. I, mm, out of all of them, I think the fourth one that we just watched, it was, it was good, but it was so far the least captivating of the four. Um. <laughs> I'm wondering if it continues to follow that trend for me, but mm. I don't know. We're also, I got so much going on in my life that I'm finding it hard to even make time <coughs> to catch up on it, but um, we'll see, man. I've just been doing a lot. If I have anything on, it's the office in the background, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, between mm-hmm. streaming and work and some other stuff going on, it's just hard to time are hard to find time for. That's why I got no media this week. Um, hey. Yep, a lot of streaming, a lot of gaming. That's about it. You have been doing a lot of streaming. Trying, man. That's awesome, Thank though. Uh, well, um, Austin, outside of Marvel Land, yeah. what have you been up to? Uh, I've been reading Death Note for the first time. Yeah. Um, I've watched uh, probably... Mm, probably like the first 12 or 13 episodes of the anime in total. I've never really gone farther than that. Um, but I decided to read the manga cause I have heard there are some noticeable differences, especially in the ending between the manga and the anime. And I've heard people say that they preferred the manga. Yep. So I was like, okay, I'll read that. And whoa, I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. I'm hooked, dude. I I really fucking love it. I tw- think I have 20 chapters left. Um, and it's just the the way... The way Light and L are portrayed is just so fucking wild. They, like, they, they're constantly 10 steps ahead of each other in any given scenario. One thinks they have the edge and the other's like, <laughs> Nope, been waiting for you to fucking do that. And then it's like, oh shit, I've been waiting on you to fucking do that. And it's crazy, but like it, it's written, it's written in a way that it doesn't feel lazy. Like it, it, it actually feels interesting and, and I love it. The, um, uh, I don't think I have to say a spoiler warning for something this fucking old. Uh, but when you reach about the halfway point and light does finally beat L and L falls to the ground and begins to have a heart attack and he's looking in light's eyes and light gets that fucking, sadistic smile on his face and L's like oh shit it's really been you the whole fucking time he was like I knew it and you kept proving me wrong but I knew it the whole fucking time but it's like it was crazy it was so good how what's the last thing that you read um Light's dad has agreed to make the deal to uh trade for the Shinigami eyes uh during the whole incident with uh, Nier and uh, okay. Mello. So I'm just making sure that you've met Nier and Mello. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Also fucking wild. It's 
I think to me when I was reading it for the first time, like it hit me so hard when L finally dies. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I didn't expect it, I, every anime that I had watched up until that point, the main character has never fucking died. You know, the main yeah. protagonist has never died like that. So when I saw that, mm-hmm. I was like, no, he'll come back. Nope. It's genuinely something that, <clears throat> you know, I guess you kind of have to come to terms with, but you also kind of see that in the end, he might have lost his life, but he's still winning the war because of Nier. And mm-hmm. I fucking love that. And the con- I, I agree with what you said. The ending in the manga is better than the ending in the anime. 1,000%. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'm excited to see it. I've seen, I've unfortunately seen the ending to the anime, so, like, I know how it all ends yeah. eventually. But it's still, I'm, I never knew the journey to get yep. there. And it's, it's, it's been so my favorite good. thing I've read in terms of manga. I, it's the only thing I own all the physical editions to. Um, Dang, yeah. really? That's cool. So, I'm, and the little bonus book at the end of it all, too. I have that one as well. But, um, I'm glad you like it, man. Oh. It's, it's going to, end even better than it started to me i love it it's it's very refreshing to read a shonen that uh i mean maybe unknowingly at first even though you figure it out pretty early on uh it's very refreshing to be reading a shonen that follows an antagonist uh, yeah over typical shonen. Yeah. it's been it's been very that's, fun that's very why i enjoyed it is because you can see like we kind of talked about this the other day. For a while there, you can kind of empathize with what Light's doing. Like, but mm-hmm. at the end of it all, he always had a god complex. And it was only a matter of time oh, yeah. before it spiraled. Yeah, I was reading a, a thread on Reddit that was like a discussion of, of Death Note and some of like Light's cores as a character. And one guy was like, the thing is... Even if Light didn't acquire a Death Note, I still genuinely think this dude would have turned out to be a serial killer. Because he, he, and it's the whole, his whole operation really seems like it started just because this man was fucking bored. He just didn't have anything else better to fucking do. he excelled in life. And. Yeah, at like an early age. And so it was like, when you get to that point, it's like, well, fuck, you know, nothing else in my life is challenging me. I'm bored. I need some stimulation. Just start killing yeah, people with a magic notebook. That'll fucking do it. Would you, so, all right, age-old question. If you had a death note, would you do the same thing? <sighs> I think that, I think I would want to, but at the end of the day, I don't know if I, if I think I would have the guts to actually do it okay. or not. So you find because at the end of the day, it is still murder. You find a death note. Do you keep it or do you relinquish it and like lose the memory that you ever had it? Oh, I want to say I think I would keep it, but then I feel like if I kept it, I would eventually be like, well, you know, nobody's gonna know if I just write one. I've I've you always know? struggled. Well, because if I write one, I'm not stopping. Yeah, see, that's, yeah, that's a good point. Because I would eventually use it for all the people, like, and then there's my God complex, right? It's like, why am I the one (laughs) judging everyone? (laughs) I would like to think that I would share a similar mentality as light. We'll start with the corrupt, the, the, you know, most sinister people, you know, but Mm -hmm. where do you draw a line? And then you're just taking out anybody that gets in your way. Exactly. It will get to that point. And, um... 
like I said, I have seen the ending to the anime, and um, there's some of the things Light says in that entire interaction when he's like, you know, like who else would have done this? Like, would they have kept going when they realized what they were doing? Yeah. Like, who else could have done it but me? And I was like, God damn, your god complex yeah, is showing horn. He, he goes into it, man. It's it's a wild ride. It's a super wild ride. Uh, also, to... <laughs> Uh, something you said on the last episode. I don't think the dub for Death Note is bad. I just think that one scene is wild. Want to walk us through it? No. (laughs) The fucking potato chip scene gets me almost every time. It is so overly dramatic and overly done, it's ridiculous. The manga doesn't even come close to making that scene as big of a deal (laughs) as the anime did. Not even remotely. He was just like, oh, you know, just eating some potato chips. Doing a little killing. <laughs> I actually really liked the uh, voice actor for Light. He's in, uh, he actually does a lot of Gundam roles. There's always some correlation with you. There is. I, I don't know. I'm weird. I recognize voice actors a lot. I don't think that's weird. Uh, yeah, no, it's not. Really? Yeah. I don't know. Not when you watch as much anime as you do. Yeah. But yeah, that's also true. It'd be weird if you sometimes it sucks though because you voice actors for the manga. That's what would be weird. <laughs> Typically, I in my head that's what I do. I do read it with the anime dub if I have seen it. You are your own voice actor for manga. That's true. You do a great job at it. Yeah. Well. Uh. I saw knock at the cabin. What's that? Uh, Knock at the Cabin is the new uh, M. Not Shyamalan movie. Um, it is about uh, a married gay couple who mm-hmm. who have a an adopted daughter. They go on a sort of like uh, I, I guess it would be like a weekend trip or something like that to a cabin, uh, and then four people show up out of the woods and kind of. Uh, tie them up and say you guys have to make a choice um and it's going to be that one of you has to die for the good of humanity uh we are like prof prophets basically um Mm -hmm. and we're here to make you make a choice um that's the basic premise um it is uh currently my favorite movie of the year um Obviously, I haven't seen much because it, you know, it just came, or it's only the end of February. I haven't really seen much, and not much has come out uh, that looked even remotely appealing. Uh, but I, I definitely wanted to see this, and we finally did, and it is very, very good. Um, this is probably M. Night Shyamalan's best movie since Signs, probably. Um, oh, maybe The Village. I, I, I'm a village apologist but um yeah it's uh it's very good it is it has a lot of stuff going on underneath the service a lot of stuff about like uh humanity's like unwillingness to listen and to see evidence in front of their eyes um mm-hmm. and it is i i kind of read it as a sort of um uh 
parable for climate change, but it could also be easily, uh, I, I could see other people seeing it as like a, a COVID thing, um, like having kind of thematic structures that work to kind of talk about how we have responded to uh, a global pandemic. Um, but it's got uh, Batista in it. Um, Dave Batista, mm. um, uh, Rupert Grant, who is uh, Ronald is fucking Weasley. Ronald goddamn Weasley. Yep. See, you want to know fu- what's like funny about him? Of the ones who, uh, like, have gone on. Well, I mean, of the big three, right? Um, he's the one to have done probably, I would say, the least amount. Uh, of of films um, outside of you know uh, yeah he's done the least amount of films but he, I feel like he's taken on the um, the most diverse cast of characters maybe like he is he's done a lot of different roles I feel like um, and I think he's he's very good in most of them so. Um, when Daniel Radcliffe is over here with the fucking horns and then whatever else he did with the guns and shit. Oh, guns akimbo. No, no, no. I'm not saying that D- Daniel Radcliffe doesn't have range. You just said diverse, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was just sitting here imagining Daniel Radcliffe in the most fucking weird movies I have ever seen in my life. Yeah, no. Daniel Daniel Radcliffe is, is my favorite of the three. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like Emma Roberts or whatever her name is, Watson... Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, uh, she plays the same role every, uh, every fucking movie she's in, but like beauty and the beast was just Hermione again. Yeah. But like, um, Daniel Radcliffe, man, he's, he's all over the place. Like all, I I know what you're saying though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, very good. Um, he's very good in this. No, no, that's Rupert Grant, yep. not Daniel Radcliffe. Um, and there's, uh, I mean, there were several, like, I I thought were relatively um, uh, recognizable faces. So I was uh, kind of like, um, ha- how did this movie not have, like, a billion-dollar budget? Um it only had twenty million dollar budget, which is kind of fucking crazy. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a very good one location thriller. Um, kind of feels like uh, a a good a very good episode of the Twilight Zone. Um, shot really well. Uh, I mean, it's just I don't know. It's good, man. It, and it's it's really really bleak. Um, I I. Loved it. I really, really loved it. It was good stuff. Hmm. Hell yeah. I might have to check that out. I I read an interview <clears throat> with M. Night Shyamalan uh, a couple of days ago. I think it was that, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, where he was talking about uh, all of the criticism he faced from the last Airbender uh-huh. debacle and how terrible of a fucking movie that was. Um, and it, it was really like it was kind of humbling because he was just like listen like i i genuinely gave it my best effort he was like i'm uh i can recognize that that is not my 
uh, expertise of storytelling. He was like, that's just not my kind of storytelling. And I I did what I thought I could. Yeah. And I thought that was humbling. What a... He said, uh, he said Paramount gave him a lot of issues during production of that movie. That sounds right. Uh, uh, he said that I think he said it was his first time working with Paramount and um, he's like they just they just wanted control over everything and I didn't get to direct the movie the way that I wanted to yep well sucks to suck bro no, I'm just I'm just kidding <laughs> so do, do people widely think that he's a good director I, I, I think I, I don't people... think I've seen any movie he's done except for the last era okay I, I think he's widely panned as one of the worst like working directors um, really yeah uh, by by most people sensible people mm. like me uh, know that he's actually quite good <laughs> yeah because uh, he did split right yeah Wasn't split, that pretty well and split was great um yeah. Uh, the second one, Glass, was not as good. Um, don't go see that one. I, I didn't know that that was a sequel. Yeah. Or a pre- prequel. Mm. Sorry. Prequel. Mm, okay. Yeah, Wait, was it a sequel okay. or a prequel? Dude, I don't know. It was an unbreakable split. And then gl- what was it, actually? Split? <sighs> yeah, unbreakable, then split. Because unbreakable was back at the tail end yeah. of the 90s or early 2000s. Um. So split, and then I feel like there was a. Cause glass is no glass is the sequel. Hang, was there? Uh this is gonna yeah, kill me. Yeah, glass is the sequel. This is going to kill me. <laughs> All right, twenty sixteen. That better have been split. It's a standalone sequel to Unbreakable. Although not marketed as a such. Uh, 2019 film Glass. Um, what does it say? A crossover and sequel to Unbreakable and Split. Okay, so it was a sequel. Hmm. God, that's weird. I don't like that. Huh. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. With the now you're gonna damn you guys. You you and your we do things. M night. Shamalama ding dong. Oh, I'm sorry. We enjoy good discussions. Yeah, I know. All right, I'm gonna. I'm looking at his his filmography. Okay. So. He did a couple of movies that no one's really ever heard of. Um, Praying with Anger and Wide Awake. Uh, then he hit it big with The Sixth Sense. Unbreakable. Signs. The Village. Uh, Lady in the Water was his first real bad one, I think. People didn't like The Village for you know whatever reason. But uh, Then The Happening, widely panned. Last Airbender, often called one of the worst movies ever made. Um, <laughs> After Earth, uh, also not particularly good. Uh, then there's The Visit, which is good. Uh, Split, which is good. Glass, which is not. Old, which is meh. And then Knock at the Cabin, which is great. So. Hmm. Very, uh, 
divisive. Yeah, hmm. starts out strong okay. and then hits a rough patch, comes back with a mixed bag. Hmm. I remember it old. I forgot we watched that last year. Yep, that was a movie that got watched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so glad that I did. Uh, yeah, I am too. I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Uh, so, let's get to our main topic. Uh, wait, right? No, we still have JoJo Part Nine. Oh yeah, we do. Um, yeah, I can run through it real quick unless you guys just want to skip to the main topic. No, talk to us about JoJo's. You've been gone a while. Okay, cool. That's true. I have. Um, yeah. So on February seventeenth, which was the previous Friday, uh, JoJo Part Nine, uh, JoJo Lands, uh, debuted, and I. I, I mean, it's only the first chapter. We only have the starting premise, but I'm really fucking excited. Um, I also want to throw out there that a TikTok for this specific uh, topic has been filmed. I, it's in my drafts. I just have to do a voiceover, and then it'll be up. But that is happening. I want to... So, uh, especially since JoJo Lands is uh, confirmed to only be releasing one chapter a month, uh, that's a super easy thing that I can digest and then after a couple of days i can throw up a good tiktok up uh kind of analyzing it and stuff like that and so i'm super excited for that but uh holy shit what was that did did my mic make a really weird noise did that come through for you guys Mm -mm. okay cool that happened on my end i don't know what the fuck that was but so uh it takes place in present day hawaii uh which is really cool that's a really neat setting to see Jojo in and um we meet our protagonist Jodio Joestar uh I fucking these names man uh basically the whole premise is Jodio and his brother Dragonia are just kind of uh they are I think they're called Mueller's so I know that that's an actual term but there's like an in-universe term that they use but it's basic they smuggle drugs basically they smuggle drugs and they steal shit and they sell it off to rich people in the black market. And that's just kind of how they make a fucking living. Um, it opens up with them driving to meet their boss, uh, being told uh, to be told about a really large heist. And they are pulled over by police who, uh, I, there was an issue with their license plate or something. He's like, hey, this is wrong. Um, Jodio's uh, brother is a cross-dresser, so the police officer pulls him out of the car. He is dressed in a bikini, and you know, he is, looks like a woman. And the police officer starts to get a little handsy. Uh, a little too fucking handsy. And I immediately, what made me love this character is as soon as Jodio realized what was going on, he immediately hops out of the car uh, and uses his stand to kill three police officers like it's no fucking problem and just go on with his fucking day. Uh, they end up going to meet the boss and the boss tells them, hey, uh, we've got somebody coming in from Japan with a really valuable diamond and we want you guys to steal it. And you're immediately introduced to their stands um, and their wild concepts. Uh, Jodio's stand is a Guns N' Roses uh, reference being called November Rain, and it literally just materializes bullets out of thin air. <laughs> I, lo- <laughs> I love that uh, part three stands are just like, hey, we're really strong, and we all have like one unique ability. Uh, part four, five, and six are have really long and drawn out 
uh, abilities and like really specific and kind of unpractical unpractical uses uh in you know the majority of situations that a person would be in but then seven eight and nine is just like you just die that's it you just fucking die um his brother Dragonius stand uh, has the ability to manipulate things, so he can like manip. So like, if if they need to make a getaway, he can use it to manipulate the license plate to say something completely different. And I think it only works with metal objects for some reason. Um, and we meet a another one of their coworkers whose name I don't remember, and his stand is fucking gross, dude. Like it, he's a pickpocket. So what it does is he passes by people and, and whatever he wants to steal is absorbed into like his skin and muscle fibers and then he just pulls it out later. And it's really fucking nasty. But um, this is a really exciting premise and I'm I'm super, super stoked uh, to see where it goes. I don't know. I probably need to look this up real quick before I finish that video. Uh, I don't know if this takes place in the alternate timeline that part seven started with. Um, I think, I think I've read that there's been some discrepancy on that cause it hasn't really been confirmed one way or the other. Um, but I'm really stoked to see where this goes. I know it's going to be running for like the next nine fucking years, like part seven and eight were, but I'm stoked. Hell yeah. Oh, um, still ball or, uh, not Steel Ball Run. Um, what's the one before Steel Ball Run? Shit. Uh, Stone Ocean. Stone Ocean. That yeah is what just uh launched on Netflix, right? Yeah, they just released the final batch of episodes, so they're officially done with Stone Ocean. Okay, sick. And we still have no confirmation whether they intend to do Steel Ball Run or not. Hmm. Well. I and I I really hope that they do, man. I really because especially like there's no official English there. Oh God, Jesus! I can't even speak English. There's no official <laughs> English translation of Part Seven or Eight, and those have been out for like I think Part Eight wrapped up in like 2015, mm. and with Part Seven being wrapped up in like 2009 or 2010, and I I don't know what's happening, but they just haven't done that. And it kind of sucks. And so, like, I would love to see them animate it because that, that might be the way that a lot of American fans uh, experience Steel Ball Run and, and JoJo Leon. But I don't know. I feel like if they're, if they're an American fan, they probably read it already anyway. Yeah. Even though I haven't. I, ha I haven't finished Part 7 yet. I need to. Yep. Okay. Well, here's hoping. Uh, Maybe one day. Okay, yeah, cozy games. Um, so, I think that uh, I should probably learn how to read. Um, in recent years, there have been a deluge of social media posts regarding cozy media. There are many a video about content creators and their favorite movies to stay in and curl up with. Uh, there are equal as many videos about books and albums. Uh, video games are a little bit of a different story. While you won't find any lack of content focusing on these types of games and personal picks, uh, what we want to do is take a look at the phenomenon of these games, what makes for a good cozy game, and why in recent years there have been a veritable smorgasbord of them. 
Um, so I don't remember the exact TikTok that set this off in, in my mind, but um, yeah, I where where should I? What's the first question I should ask you guys? Um, oh, I, Dylan, you've talked about it before uh, on this um, on this very show. What what makes for a good cozy game for you? So I feel like it's very. So this is only for me, right? Um, I was actually curious what you guys would say to that same question because I feel like each of us look for something different. Mm-hmm. Um, a cozy game for me is one that I don't really have to if I play a game and my blood pressure goes up it's not cozy <laughs> um, that being said I think there are a lot of different games that I have this label on um so one that we kind of harped on last episode, we didn't record last week because we wound up streaming, but the one before that, uh, I think is the one we talked about our Valentine's picks, right? Or whatever. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I believe so. So in that show, I talked a lot about a character from Tell Me Why. Um, Tell Me Why was a game that I didn't anticipate playing, but when I did, it kind of solidified itself as one of my favorite games of all time. I don't know where it comes in placement anymore, just because that whole list has been shaken up so much recently. Um, But it's one of my favorite experiences I've had in terms of a story. I enjoyed everything about it. It's an episodic adventure, so it's not one that you really have to... Not necessarily that you don't have to have focus on, but there's not really a lot of in-your-face action causing you to have to be on your toes at all points. Um, It's very much like you're just walking around in the world and you're exploring clues with your sisters of this kind of, even though it's a a little bit of um, an eerie premise, even though it kind of has that feeling going for it, this is very much a game that gives me sit inside on a rainy day with some tea, you know, and kind of just knock this game out like just give it a give it a good run so it's something that i can just kind of kick my feet back and play um one that i want one that i don't have to worry too much about like i can invest into the game itself the environment my surroundings i want to go and it gives me the option to literally interact with and explore so much in the world i want to do that and not have to really worry about anything in fact, the only thing that comes from me exploring more is just more story. Um, there, there are no enemies that are going to pop out. There's no chance of me being harmed or anything like that. It's just kind of getting to learn the world more. Um, so when I sat down and I thought about the topic, that was one of the first ones that jumped out to me. Um, but I feel like that also doesn't truly define my opinion of a cozy game. I'll cut it there for a second to give you guys a chance to uh, kind of give your initial thoughts as well. But mm. I think that that kind of does a good job. At, that's that's the baseline for me, I think. Mm-hmm. 
it's kind of like what you said, man. Like, if if I'm playing a game and my blood pressure is going up, it's not a good time. I'm not relaxing. I'm stressed. Um, and a cozy game for me is just I like I, I can sink myself into this. I can escape. I can get lost, and I can just let go of anything and any and everything that that is weighing on me for even if it's just an hour or two. Um like the options that I brought today are, are are worlds that truly mesmerize me no matter how many times I step foot in them and I'm able to escape and I'm able to get lost and just for a couple of hours I'm able to to in my head just pretend I'm a completely different person living a completely different life and it's 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 very relaxing yeah yeah um I th- I think that that is all very accurate um i tend towards games that i like with regards to like what i would consider a cozy game i tend towards um things such as uh like like a final fantasy 8 or Mm. or a metal gear solid um I don't want to say it's games that I've played a thousand times because that, yeah, that's why it's your cozy game, right? Um, yeah. But uh, maybe like um, how how do I want to put it? Um, they're, they're games that kind of like I feel like because I have played them so much that you can fall back into it with ease and not yeah. have to worry about learning a thousand different mechanics or exactly. It's, mm-hmm. It can be like um, something that's happened to me recently is that I forget what game it was, but I wanted to get back into it, but it I feel like I would have to restart the whole process again because it had been a, a substantial amount of time away from it, and I forgot most of the mechanics, and it's like, God damn, that's such a tedious task to yep. take on. Um, so I get that's – that's another huge – point for me as well as having something that has ease of access to it like when you said final fantasy i was like what no that that scares me in terms of it feeling like a cozy game because my my blood pressure went up when you said that <laughs> um <laughs> but it's just because it, it's it's something that i would truly have to work at you know it's not my forte but for you you're right you've played the shit so much that it is second nature and you're doing it right now with like four different final fantasy titles for a video <laughs> which probably not so cozy at the moment because you're trying to get footage yeah and that can oh, go wrong so. at any time yep uh, but yeah that that's that's where my mind immediately goes to is like games that like i i have some sort of like uh, really like deep connection with um, and and to uh, because um, otherwise I don't know why I would play it over and over again like there are a ton of games that I, I genuinely v- very much enjoy um, but I, I don't return to them over and over again you know what I mean mm-hmm. um so I, I think it ends up ha- 
and even even the special connection thing is is I, I know that's kind of vague too but i don't know any other real way to describe it if i'm being honest just i i don't know um i'm really not sure uh i feel like how else I, to describe it i understand what you're saying though because my yeah. next biggest part for what a cozy game is to me it's the obvious one it's the it's how many times have I talked about Stardew Valley on this podcast? <laughs> Insufferable amounts. It's it's terrible. Um, it's a problem. It is a problem, unfortunately. Get help. But it's my biggest cozy game of all time. Mm. I, for the same reasons that you're saying what you are about Final Fantasy, it's the same thing for me. I can fall back into Stardew, not have to worry about mechanics, not have to worry about... I, I guess, like, learning villager relationships again. There's still a lot of stuff that I learn with each playthrough. I'll give it that, which is another part of what makes it so great. But I don't have to worry about anything. I can fall into this pattern of an ease that almost just feels like I'm gliding through the game. Like I know what I want to do, and I might try tweaks here and there to alter the gameplay a little bit to you know make different decisions that I may not normally make even though I've played hundreds of hours of it um, <clears throat> it's a part of it I feel like it kind of transcends into other like social sims too because it's not just Stardew it's Animal Crossing it's even the little bits of Cult of the Lamb that did it um, even the parts of Hogwarts Legacy that does it it's like I can always find an ease of that and I don't have to worry about learning this new part of a game or new mechanics and I find myself constantly gravitating back towards these social sims that it, they just grab me and hook me and it's because they are cozy. I don't have to worry about anything. Like I very much mm -hmm. know what to expect from a Stardew, a Dreamlight, uh, cozy Grove, uh, my time at Porsche. Like it's the same mechanics, with a different skin, and they add new things to keep me interested, and they don't make it overwhelming to learn. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, there, there was another one that popped into my mind uh, just now, but it's a. Uh, I, I think it it goes along with what you guys are saying, like Minecraft. Yep. Um, That's the biggest yeah. one. That, that's mm -hmm. easily a game that like it, and I, I that that's one that I don't know that I've necessarily got a, a, a crazy connection to, but I I have like strong memories of stuff that I've done in that game. You know what I mean? Like I, do. I have stuff that like hundred percent means something to me, mm -hmm. even though I, I I'm sure I've not played it nearly as much as probably Dylan has. But I think you're right. I think in terms of cozy games, Minecraft is number one. I don't think anything beats it. Um, in terms of like a global perspective, because anyone can pick up the controller in Minecraft, learn it super easily. You you can go with a hundred different ways in the game. You can go the survival route. You can go the creative route. You can go like the adventuring route, you know what I mean? And with each little branch that you choose to do, you can have little facets that you can find another little niche that you're good at. But <clears throat> it doesn't hold your hand, and it also doesn't restrict you from doing anything. 
it says here's your canvas paint a picture and it lets you do that however you want to do it and mm -hmm. you can put it on peaceful to where there's no threat you can put it on peaceful and creative to where there's no threat and you have a thousand options at your fingertips it is literally a blank canvas for you to construct your masterpiece on whatever story you want to tell it's there for you to do without there being any sense of I guess like this overbearing feeling that you have to be doing something that you mm -hmm. have to move on to the next objective it's just when I think of cozy games Minecraft is number one <laughs> yeah that's a really good one yeah. Uh, so, um, I I think it it does mean something different to um, to everyone. Like I I, I know like uh, some people like I've I've definitely seen where it's like oh my 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 cozy movie is like um you know a nightmare on Elm Street or something like that <laughs> and and people will be like uh, what and I, and I think that that speaks to like the kind of like inherent um just nature of art like everyone it's it's in very different much so because if you asked hob and dino they're gonna say dark souls is their cozy game whereas anyone else hears that and they're like wait a minute yeah exactly exactly um so with with that said you know the fact that that stuff is subjective uh i i feel like there is a a a bit of a um sort of uh, I don't want to say disparity because that's not really the right word, but there, there, there is a um, uh, with the games that are often talked about in like cozy game, uh, like conversations and stuff like that. Uh, they all tend to have a very similar kind of like, um, I guess feel to them. Um, do you guys? I because you, I think you guys are all kind of like in that, or like you're in that sort of like, yeah. I think this is what cozy means. Um, wh what uh, what about it? What about these games in particular? Is is the the cause of causing them co calling them cozy? Is it just kind of the the fact that it's like, oh, I don't have to worry about anything. Like it's mm. just. I think it's a culmination of everything we've talked about, right? Like, it's... Mm -hmm. It's nice not to worry, but more so than that, it's... Something that you don't have to... Ah, oh man, I don't want to say try too hard, because I feel like that is very much the wrong thing to say in this regard, but I feel like it's something that you can let yourself go into autopilot on. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I think any new game that you pick up, you're going to have to learn it. In some way, shape, or form, no matter what, you'll always have to learn it. 30 years of us playing games, right? We're still learning. Um, but a cozy game is something that you really, you can let yourself go on autopilot. You can learn the mechanics, if it is a new game to you, is introduced to you slowly. Um, it allows you to comprehend it while keeping it engaging um, and not throw a thousand threats in your face immediately. You know what I mean? Like that's as a newcomer, that's something I would look for. But as I am today, it's something that repetition is my friend. Like I, 
can fall back into Stardew or Tell Me Why or any other social sim or even Spyro. And its repetition has made the game seem like second nature, second nature to me. And I don't have mm-hmm. to worry at the end of the day is my biggest one. I, I guess, you know, I have enough anxiety in my life. Let's not add to it, right? But it's... <laughs> It, it has to be kind of a game for me that if I'm in a bad place, I can turn it on and it, that's, that's over. Either I've lost yeah. myself in the game or it's picked me up from that place. Like it, it has to be that kind of comfort food, essentially, for my soul. 100% agree. Yeah, chicken noodle soup for the soul? Completely. Yeah, chi- chicken noodle soup for the soul is the episode title. That is amazing. That is amazing. Oh, boy. Stardew um, is my chicky soup. I don't know why I said chicky soup. Chicky soup. I don't know. Just go. That's a. That's a something. That's just happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it does. <laughs> okay. Uh. Yeah. Well. Um. I mean, do you guys? I, I'm sure you have examples uh, of games that. That you would fit uh, if we want to go through a couple. I've said a lot of mine, Austin. What are, what, what are some that you have? Because I know you were going to bring some to the table when it was just like a list. Yeah, I I brought three uh, in 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 specific. Um, do you want me to just quickly run through all three, or what do you want me to do? Yeah, yeah, just just knock them out. Okay, cool. Um, I fuck, dude. I I don't even think I have to say this one. Um, one of the biggest ones for me is. Uh, Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Yeah, they, uh, I, I, I can put it on, and it it takes me back to. It takes me back to a point in my childhood that is one of the few points of my childhood that I think I look back on fondly. Um, and it's 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 very wonderful. It's just it's so calming. It's kind of like what Dylan said. I, I don't need to learn anything. I'm going into this. I've done this a thousand times. Um, I know like the back of my hand what to do, where to go. Uh, what you know, I if for the majority of the Johto region itself, I, I know off the top of my head once I get into a route what specific Pokemon spawn on that route. Because um, I mean, there for most Pokemon games, I still have to look shit like that up. Like I, I don't know that shit off the top of my head. There's a thousand of these fucking things, but. Like heart gold and soul silver, I just I don't have to do that. I, I know exactly what's gonna be where I'm at, and and it's 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 so it's very stress relieving, um, and that and it's the similar vein of of Persona Five Royal. Uh, Persona Five Royal took me to this beautiful mesmerizing world and story and characters, and I I loved every little thing about it. Uh, so much so that I've I've played through it numerous times in the last two years uh, alone. I, I had to sell my Switch copy so I would stop fucking playing it. Uh, just to have it downloaded on my PC and my Xbox, whichever one is more convenient for me to get to at the time I want to play it. Um, but I think the, the biggest cozy game for me, which I think out of the three, probably would be the one that uh, people would find the weirdest, and that's Fallout New Vegas. And, you know, Pokemon, HeartGold and SoulSilver does it for me f- because it takes me back to a time in my childhood that I'm extremely fond of, right? New Vegas kind of does the opposite. 
it takes me back to literally one of the worst points of my life. Um, one of the lowest points. And you would think that that's a bad thing that, you know, like I'm, I'm putting myself through hell by doing that. But as at the age that I am now and going through the stuff that I've been through since that, I, I can play it and I can look back on those times and I can think, you know, like, yeah, things are still kind of hard and I still deal with a lot of the same issues, but I've come a really long way from where I was the first time I played this game. Uh, uh, mental health wise like I've I've come very far and I've come much farther than I ever thought that I would and Fallout New Vegas is a very good reminder of that for me I did not expect Fallout yeah it's crazy nobody probably would for a cozy game but it's it's probably the coziest game for me that's wild okay. man yeah um uh, I mean, like I said earlier, I think it's it, it's a matter of like um, uh, games that I've played like a billion times before. So like Metal Gear Solid mm-hmm. immediately is like, yep, that makes sense. Um, I've been trying to think about games that I come back to like a lot. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII is one of those. Um, I don't know. There's, I think that's, that's that's probably close to to it. Really, like there are other games that I do return to on a regular basis, but there's none that I I think that I return to quite as much as I return to those two. Mm-hmm. Um, fourteen is kind of kind. Oh, you know what? Actually, Dead by Daylight is probably a, a cozy game for me. Oh my god! Wild choice. <laughs> That shit gives me nothing but anxiety. Fucking scare factor sometimes, but also just teammates being absolute kids. Uh uh. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that definitely is a thing that happens for sure. Yeah. No, I I don't think I have ever had a peaceful time playing that. Even when I'm playing with a friend, it's weird. I'll be repairing a gin, and I'll like clearly say that I'm repairing a gin, and then that same friend, weirdly enough, will run the killer right to me. Oh um, man, must that be a bad friend. He or she. What a piece really of fucking garbage. Disappointed me when it happened. Yep. I weird. Anyway, that absolutely could not be me. <laughs> that is wild. But I can see that because it falls into that repetition thing, right? It's something that you're so stupidly good at that it does become cozy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I enjoy it. I yeah. enjoy my time with it. I think for me, it's like, I mean, it's obviously Stardew. It's uh, it's Minecraft, sure. Tell me why is one of them. But I think one that can fly under a lot of people's radar that kind of embodies what Minecraft does, but on an unparalleled level is No Man's Sky. And it is a lot to take in at first, but you can literally explore the cosmos and if all you want to do is sit back and chart different animal species and flowers, that's literally all you have to do. There is no objective, you know. There is if you want there to be, but just do you. Be a little astronaut, float around, have a good time. Um, and they have added so much to it that there is an overwhelming amount of stuff to come into, kind of like Minecraft when you think about it. But at the end of the day, the core concept is just explore. Go out there and 
find something that no one else mm -hmm. has seen before. You know what I mean? It's it's a really fucking awesome game. Hell yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, speaking of cozy games, uh, I have been playing Final Fantasy VII. Mmm. Um, the original. The original. Uh, well, I also booted up Remake to gather some footage the other day, but... But yes, uh, the the original um, mainly, uh, and I'm here to say, game's still good. Um, seven has never been my favorite Final Fantasy. Uh, I think that my favorite one is eight, honestly, because it was the first one I played. There are things that endear me to it, like a lot, and I'm sure I've talked about those things on this show and I'm sure that I'm going to talk about them again uh, in the future on some other platform um, but uh, even with those things kind of like you know known and said and whatnot, um, I think that I came, to it, I came to it because it was the first one and had I played 7 that it is very likely that I would have I, I would say that 7 is my favorite type thing you know um anyway point point being that uh this game i have never been one of the the biggest you know like oh final fantasy 7 is amazing it's the best one type things I, I just haven't but i you know real recognize real um the game's fucking awesome right i didn't realize how much of an emotional attachment i had to the game uh until it got to, I want to say, the E3, it was revealed, where I was like, oh, I actually am very excited about this. And then when they showed the um, the opening cutscene, and I heard the music, it, this was after the, the E3, like when they, when they first showed like the first pieces of footage. Um, and you could hear that little musical sting from the opening of the game, and I just started bawling. <laughs> uh, that's, I think, when I realized just how much the game actually did mean to me. Um, and it's, uh, it is a very good game. It still holds up really well. I don't think that, like, the graphics are as bad as people say that they are. Um, I understand that, like, we have 80 quadrillion polygons in an ass cheek now. Um, and, like, the character <laughs> model for Cloud is, like, five. But I, I also kind of, like, give it a little bit of a pass because I think what they do with the character models is, is pretty good in terms of, like, posing and the ability to... Uh, emote with you know the seven polygons that they have um, <laughs> I I still think that the battle mechanics in this are fucking rad with the materia and uh, I I just I really really fucking love the opening to the game like everything with Midgar is fucking brilliant and um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a very good game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. 
Um, I am probably going to beat this one. Uh, and uh, yeah, yep. So good stuff. Uh, good video game. Final Fantasy VII, good. That's my hot take. Final Fantasy video coming to a theater near you. Uh, truly. Mm. All right, I want to go back and finish it at some point. Oh yeah, I forgot that I gave that to you, didn't I? You did. You did. And uh, it didn't happen. Yep. It did not get it done by not. the end of the year. Uh, but that's okay. I played a, another highly popular JRPG franchise to make up for it. So it's okay. Pokermans? Yeah, Pokermans. Good old Pokermans. Um, well, uh, they added JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R to Game oh, Pass. Yeah. So I've been playing that. How was that? Um, underwhelming, oh. to say the least. No! So, the only reason why I think it's underwhelming is I I wanted some kind of story. Like, I don't know what they would have done, but I wanted something. And this, like, it doesn't have that. It's just not there. Um, there's, like, a whole bunch of challenges and, like, crazy shit that you can do. But, like, there's no, like, there's no retelling of anything. There's, there's nothing. It's just not there. Uh, just not an option. And that really bummed me out. But gameplay-wise... I think this game is really, really fucking fun. It is a very addictive fighter because it can... Basically, there's two control schemes and it can be as innovative and as advanced as you want or it can be as simple as you want. There is literally a game mode made... or There's like a whole thing and it's specifically for people who are not used to fighting games. Um, And I think that's really fucking awesome. Uh, like Madison is able to sit down and enjoy it. Like she fucking hates fighting games. It is except Smash. She loves Smash, but like it's not Everybody her thing. And this is smash. something that she can like super easily enjoy. Also that. <laughs> um, but it's it's a lot of fun. The character models are done really well. Like that that signature uh, Iraqi art style is is brought out so fucking wonderfully, uh, wonderfully in this game. They did a really wonderful job remastering it. Um, I've never played the original on the PS3, but I've seen videos, and from what I can tell between the comparisons, uh, it looks like they did a really wonderful job remastering it. The, I think the only real complaint that I have about it is the roster. Uh, it's very large. I think there's like 52 characters with more coming in DLC, so it's like, oh, why would you complain about a large roster? It's the diversity that really fucking gets me. Um... Not a lot of characters from part one. I think there's maybe four or five, which kind of makes sense. Part one's a shorter part. There's not that many major characters or minor characters involved. Uh, Part two is a little more so. Shit, a ridiculous amount of part three and four. Uh, And then lackluster part five and six and borderline nothing for seven and eight. Uh, Seven, I think, only has three characters being the three major characters of the story. And Part 8 only having the protagonist, despite, again, despite Part 8 being done since, like, 2014. Um, I do understand that, especially with some of the later parts, I can see how it's a balancing issue. Uh, Like I talked about when I spoke on uh, Jojo Lands earlier, uh, there are a lot of stands, especially in the later parts, that are extremely unpractical. So... I can kind of see how there are a lot of characters whose stands just would not make them a good character for a fighting game. But on the flip side, there are a lot that are that were not represented here, and it's kind of sad. Um, 
it was still really cool for them to add the characters that they did, especially adding um, uh, Father Pucci, who was the villain of Part 6, adding uh, his state towards the end of the part where his stand had been upgraded and he was more powerful, and then adding other side characters from Part 6, like Weather Report, who honestly was probably my favorite character from Part 6. So seeing him being added as a free DLC was fucking awesome. Um, I'm really excited to see which characters they add next, though. Uh, they said they have four more for Season 1 and a Season 2 past plan, so we'll see. It is a very good game, though, and especially... I think it retails for... Even even though it's on Game Pass, uh, it retails for $40, and this game goes on sale all the fucking time. And it just came out in, like, September, I think? I mean, that's, you know, a little... Like, six or seven months, but that's still relatively recent uh, for it to be going on sale as often as it does... And I think the lowest I've seen it is like nineteen ninety nine, so it's a pretty easy pickup. Hell yeah! It's a lot of fucking fun, dude. Well, hell yeah! That sounds uh, quote unquote rad. Um, Dylan, what do you want uh, to talk about? I'll talk about good old Atomic Heart that just came out. Oh god, I have it downloaded and I'm scared. All right. I'm going to be upfront, and I'm going to say that I played grand total of about two hours of this game. Mm -hmm. uh, right off the get-go, I think that it looks stunning. Like as soon as I, as soon as the game launches and you start the little beginning sequence where you're riding in on this uh, little boat, I think it looks visually great. But immediately, I'm starting to ask questions like. There's a relationship, like, you have this glove that you're wearing that you already have a relationship with that it feels like, but they do no job of explaining the relationship. Somehow, Forspoken did this better. There's two very similar concepts that have come out within the past month, and Forspoken did it better. Um, but that's not... Look, that's a conduit for me to say the writing in this game is shit. Like, I was playing along, and Justin was in the... Um, chat watching along he was I'm not going to say he was laughing but he was probably cringing as bad as I was at some of the fucking dialogue that they put in this game it sounds so forced and like this is coming straight out of a, an early 2000s video game like there is no creativity behind this writing and it does no favors to itself at making the protagonist feel like he's not a total cunt like, I, at the beginning of um, Hi-Fi Rush, I was not feeling chai. Like, I feel like he was very passive. Like, he doesn't really care, and he's just kind of there for himself. By the end of it, I loved him. There is no way this character is redeemable at all, whoever you play. I think his name is P3, the fucking Oscar Mayer snack pack. Um, <laughs> it, and the glove's name is Charles, though. Let's get that straight. The glove's name is Charles, but I'm P3. Oh, no. Um, I'm not even going to delve into there's a whole controversy with this game now in regards to fucking Russian support and everything I'm not delving into that I'm not delving into the story I'm just touching on the parts that immediately turn me off so the writing is one of them it's fucking abysmal there are zero accessibility options nothing there is not even an accessibility tab you cannot change fucking shit in this game. I tried it on PC, I tried it on Xbox. There's nothing. 
that's really shitty in today's age. Like, with if you think of how many games now, like we have an award at this show where we talk about games that go above and beyond, and it feels like we can usually bring a substantial amount of games to the table. For it to have nothing is mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the, the game has subtitles. The subtitles are so small that it's very hard to read. Imagine if I needed to increase the text size to make it to where I could actually see what was happening. I, I had no option of doing that. It's it's really unfortunate design on their part. Um, it feels very backwards. It is extremely backwards in today's age. Um, what this game has going for it, I'll say it again, is visuals and the art style. Love it. It feels very much like I'm playing a Bioshock slash Wolfenstein game. Um, that being said, as, as, along with the shitty writing, it feels like a lot of the things that I was seeing in the beginning is so ripped off of other games. I swear there's a <laughs> shot-for-shot... I'm not going to say remake. A shot-for-shot cinematic that feels like it came straight from Dying Light. And it's one of the robots that comes to attack you, runs across the room, grabs you, its little face does the split-open thing like the Predators would, or a volatile from Dying Light. It screams at you, and then it throws you across the room just like the volatile did in Dying Light. It is so... This game feels so lazy. The combat is uninspired. Like, I don't care about the talent trees. It does nothing to keep me engaged or feel like I'm having fun. Like, I can open up a thousand things and all these collectibles are flying at my face, but it feels pointless. Like, I did not have a good time with this, and I turned off the game at one critical point. I'm going to say now... Um, trigger warning because I'm about to talk about some not okay shit at one point in time I was so disgusted because you walk into this room and Josh said it was almost like the huntress from Dead by Daylight was kind of singing and almost luring you into this room and when you get there it looks like a fucking 1950s coke machine essentially without the branding on there and it's it's a female robot or you know however contradictory Mm, that may seem that looks like this fucking 1950s coke machine and it no shit sexually assaults you like it is so disgusting and it's so forced and she's making these unfathomable remarks and just disgusting crude like if it was supposed to be funny it's not it made me so uncomfortable to my core and granted like nothing like you're never truly like naked nothing ever truly happens like she doesn't you know tickle your penis or anything like that but she's literally forcing you against your wheel uh, against your will um what about against the wheel Truly, if I had wheels. Um, But it was against your will, and it was disgusting, dude. Like, I felt so uncomfortable that it's the only time playing a game in my life where I've ever turned it off immediately after that. Yeah, I don't think I'm even going to give this shit a shot now. Like, there... Like... If it would have been done to a female character, it would have been exploded by now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can get by. So I'm looking at it from that perspective. It was disgusting. It was like a robot was literally forcing itself onto you, and the sexual, and their in their thought press, I'm sure, humor behind it was so off putting and disgusting. I could not go further in the game. I turned it off. Um, I tried to go back later that night and play more. I played for an additional 30 minutes, but it's like between everything that had happened on the stream with the ending at that cutscene and then me coming back and trying to go further to just play, it's so uninspired, dude. It feels like a game that I've played thousands of times in the past. Like, it does nothing mm. new. It, t it takes all of its key points from past success stories like Bioshock or Dying Light or Wolfenstein and it is one of the most disappointing like first impressions of a game I think I've ever had so when you that, say that really feels sucks, like Steve. a game that you've played a, a thousand times before not in a cozy like way a cozy game? no I do not <laughs> no non cozy that you know there's a way to do sexual humor and pull it off to where it's actually funny and like not offensive and that's not really it that's absolutely not it and yes they didn't have accessibility options they also didn't have a trigger warning because that shit is not okay Had that got me like it made me yeah. so violently uncomfortable that I stopped playing the game like yeah, that's not it right. happened on stream too I left it up to where you could go back and watch my face as it's happening as soon as the scene is over I save it I turn it off. I I went straight to Minecraft. It's so bad, and they should have had some kind of warning in there for people who have gone through a trauma like that, because I didn't expect to almost have a fucking anxiety attack on stream, and I did. Um, it is it is not good. I do not recommend it to anyone. I don't recommend it to try on Game Pass. I don't recommend you to fucking waste your time. Don't play this game. Damn. Well, damn. That's a strong non-recommendation. Nope. I, and that's off of two hours of gameplay, so take that for what it's worth. I will say that the game could turn around and be the best game of the year. I would never know because it turned me off in the first 30 minutes, and I will not go back to it. Yeah, mm. that's crazy. Well, uh, let's see. Whose turn is it? We can knock out another one if you want to see. We both have three. You have two. Uh, well, I actually have one more that I can talk about. Uh -huh. So, is it? Okay. I guess it's my turn. Cheers, Dad. Yeah, do what you want. Okay, do what you want. Uh, what's the? If you want to be my lover, the Spice Girls. That's not those lyrics yep. at all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, uh, I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV alongside Final Fantasy VII. God help us. Um, I'm not gonna Jesus Christ I'm, I'm not gonna fucking change the world when I say Final Fantasy 14 good uh, but Final Fantasy 14 good um, I I haven't played as much as, of it as I did um, last year so far like I, I've been trying to make sure that I'm getting all kinds of different games in. Um, but if, if I weren't like making the effort to make sure that that was the case, um, I would slip back right into, you know, early 2022. Um, 
it is just so engrossing. No matter what I'm doing, I'm having fun doing it. Um, even even the like whatever you would want to call like uh, I guess um, fetch quest or whatever um, because everything it just feels like there's a purpose for everything I, I don't ever feel like anything's wasting my time and it's all kind of like building towards something um, obviously I don't think that it's like uh, I haven't gotten to the parts that people are like Oh, this is like the greatest game of all time. You know, whatever. Um, I haven't gotten to uh, the quote-unquote good bits of the story. But, like, I am still, like, really enjoying what it is that I am playing. And I, I'm, uh, I'm excited to get to the other parts. So, um, yeah. Good stuff. Fuck yeah, dude. 14's the MMO, right, that you spent yep. way too much time on last year? Yep. Uh, Damn. The one that almost almost derailed our entire... A whole challenge for you. Yeah. Oh, fucking thing. Um, <clears throat> Alright, well, I still want to give that game a shot. I don't know if I want to because I'm scared that I'll like it too much. But I do want to give it a shot. It's just, uh, I think what gets me is the... Um, the way the subscription works. Uh, I don't know why. I just don't like it. Oh, yeah, the 15 a month. Yeah. Because isn't it like you pay a certain amount for, like, a certain number of days or whatever? Uh, yeah. It's it, Well, I mean, it, it's 30 days, but it, it's technically a month. Yeah. Uh, for 15. I, uh, so 15 a month. Yeah, and that feels like too much for something that I don't think I would have the time to sit down and, and put a whole bunch of time into a month. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know, maybe one day. Um, however, I have been playing and actually this morning finished, so I think it is either number five or six for me this year. I don't know, I'll look in a minute. But, uh, yeah, I finished Shin Megami Tensei Five. I did a second playthrough. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, the only real reason I gave this game another shot is because... When it came out, I wanted the collector's edition real, real bad for one specific item that was in it, which is really stupid, and I have no uh, uh, explainable reason why I wanted it as bad as I did. It was just a cool little bag that had the mascot Jack Frost on it, and I really wanted it. And I didn't, I wasn't able to get it. But anyway, uh, fast uh, forward uh, about a month ago, I managed to see it pop up on eBay for. Stupid, stupid low price. I managed to get a sealed collector's edition for, I think, like 65 bucks. Um, and I mean, yeah, that's fucking almost retail for the standard edition. So I picked it up and I was like, fuck it. I bought it. I might as well give it another playthrough. And, you know, looking back, I think in 2021, when uh, the, it came out in November... And I think I really rushed through it. Like, I hammered... Because I, I think I did it in, like, 12 hours. I hammered through that shit. Just so I could talk about it um, on our Game of the Year episodes. Just for it to not go very high. Um, but I, by doing that, I feel like I rushed through it so much that I feel like I missed a lot. 
Um, I didn't do a lot of exploration. I didn't really go off the beaten path to go find all the hidden stuff. I didn't do a lot of the side quests that really added uh, context or a lot of extra useful context. Uh, like, I, I just didn't do any of that. I just hammered through the main story, and then at the end, I was kind of like, wow, why didn't that make any sense? Um, and I gave it another shot, and I took my time with it. I pretty much did everything that I think you can do um, in, in one playthrough. The thing about Persona and, unfortunately, also SMT games, uh, most of them are impossible to 100% on your first playthrough. You have to play through them numerous times in order to unlock absolutely everything, and SMT5 is no exception, except it requires four whole playthroughs uh, to 100%. I don't know that I'm going to do that, um, but I am still glad I got the second one down. The story was super interesting. Uh, it, it it starts off really weak, and then it, it, uh, it, it ends up being pretty fucking cool by the end of it, uh, once I feel like I actually, you know, paid attention and had the needed context for it to be interesting. Um, you essentially, you essentially accidentally become a being that's, like, between human and demon. You travel through the demon world to, um try to stop this this conflict from uh, spilling out into the human world and you end up getting wrapped in basically a fight for the throne with the throne being total power of creation um, there are three main factions that you end up having to deal with uh, one wanting to keep the universe the way that it is uh, gar guided by multiple deities and not just one singular divine creator um, so, like, and even, uh, throughout the game, you meet Nordic gods, you meet, uh, Egyptian gods, you meet, uh, Hindu gods, uh, f uh, um, what's the other one? Uh, God damn it! I lost my train of thought on that one. Uh, Greek, that's what I was thinking of, Greek gods. Um, and so, one of the, uh, one of the paths you can choose is to keep the universe exactly the same. Um, it's always going to fall into chaos because you have all these rival factions pulling all these different ways, all these different gods thinking the world should be governed by their views and choices. Um, and then you have the path of the singular creator where you rewrite the universe into having one singular creator, which is kind of their interpretation of Christianity more or less. Um, but then you have the option of destroying the throne. And removing all gods and giving the entire universe completely to humanity and taking deities and demons completely out of the equation. Um, but it's 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 really wild. It's I I feel bad that I shit on it as much as I did just to kind of end up actually enjoying it uh, the second time. Uh, I I don't think I'll be going for the full completion. Uh, I just don't feel like playing through this game four fucking times. Um. But I had a good time with it. And I'm, I'm glad I played through it again. I'm glad I gave it another shot. And I, I think that's something I want to start doing a little bit more. Is going back to older games that I maybe didn't like. And seeing if my perspective has changed a little bit. Hell yeah. That's so fucking awesome. Uh, Alright, Dylan, what you, what you got? Mm, Austin, you want to double up on our last one? Or you want me to talk about my other one first? Uh, talk about your other one first, and then we'll we'll double up at the end. Um, started playing um, Disney's Dreamlight Valley. 
and this came as a recommendation mm. from Miss Bryn in our Discord. She was having a really great time with it to the point where she could not tear herself away from it. And I was like, I like Animal Crossing-esque games. Let's try one out. Um, it so happens that it coincided with the cozy episode, so, you know, two for one, that's great. But, um... I almost didn't play this game. Um, I don't know why. I just had no initial call to it. Um, there was a lot of other things going on. This came out in September of last year, first and foremost. I thought it came out in December. So this completely flew by. Like, I don't know what happened. I guess we were trying to do challenge stuff last year. Knock out some, you know, Q3, Q4 games, I guess. But this one, never even on my radar. Um, I really hate that it wasn't because I think it could have not really gone far in game of the year but it definitely deserves to be recognized it's a great game um, Justin kind of hit the nail on the head when I was like yeah I said the same thing in my stream I was like I really didn't plan on playing this he was like you know who would have thunk Kingdom Hearts and Animal Crossing you enjoying the game who would have thunk and I was like that's very valid I don't know why I thought I would not enjoy this but it's it takes exactly what I said. It takes that social sim. It makes it immediately cozy. I know what I'm doing for the most part, but it's slowly introducing me to the mechanics that are unique to this game. And it's taken my hand, and it's not... It's not really ended the journey so far. Like, I'm still learning so much. It's There's so much to see. There's so much to do. Smash mouth. Um, but... I'm curious to see not what the game has to offer now because I feel like I have a good grasp on what that is. However, I did just find out today that there is a battle pass, which now makes the addiction even more real because I got to get my collectible items. Um, this is also the one game that's going to derail me this year for the challenge a little bit, but that's fine. I just play it on the side. Um, but I'm curious about where this game goes in the future because as of right now, they have very few companions in the game. For the I'm not very few, but not a not a, not a ton. Um, there's 23 total characters that can inhabit the valley, um, and you get to like go recruit new ones from these different portals that you can get to through the main castle. Inside of the castle, there are one, two, three, four, five, six. I think there might be nine doors that you can traverse as of right now um, to go into these different worlds as you progress through the game. And then on top of that, there are 16 barricaded doors that are just for future use. And when you really think about it, this game has so much, so much potential for what it can add. Um, like there are Toy Story characters in here right now. There's Encanto characters. There are uh, Moana characters, Di uh, Lion King characters. The Lion King character that are, that's in here is Scar. There's no Simba. There's no Zazu or Rafiki. Like all of these, like they have so much potential. And I think that's what makes this exciting as a person who has fallen in love with Stardew or who really enjoys Animal Crossing um, and who likes to dabble in the other games like Cozy Grove and My Time at Portia. What makes this so interesting is it feels like this is the first time that I'm playing one of these where it feels like it's a game as a service type of thing or I know in the future that even if I get to a place where I can constitute that it's in-game 
Like this is, I, I've made it as far as I can possibly go. I'm not really getting any further. That's usually when I would restart or I would take a break from the game. This one's going to keep going. Like they have a, a roadmap for this. Um, I'm pretty sure. And I like that because so far I love the, 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 you know, the world itself and all of the mechanics that I love are still there, like fishing and, you know, farming and all that stuff that I love in the other games, but it's just really cool to be able to much like Stardew Valley build relationships with these characters. Like I don't give a fuck about Mickey mouse, but I hung out with him for an hour today because there was a challenge for it. And he was just tagging along while I went fishing and doing other stuff. Um, I think that's really cool because you can do quests for them, um, hang out with them you can assign them different roles. So Mickey, I gave the foraging role. So when he and I are out and I get some apples off of a tree or some berries off of a bush, he actually gives me a couple more just because that's his perk. And I think that's really cool. You can assign fishing, mining, foraging, gardening, all these different things. Um, and I love it. I, I think it's a truly magical time <laughs> like i'm not trying to use that with the disney game but it really is um soundtrack is wonderful they have a kind of a remix to when you wish upon a star as the theme that's constantly playing and it's it's pretty nice um but i'm excited to see where the game goes i i spent an hour on it last night and i told bryn that i had to tear myself away from it just so i could go to bed but I woke up today and I opened it up on the Xbox and I was like, if I'm going to play this shit all day, I'm just going to go stream it. And I did. I went and I streamed it for about three hours. I got off the stream, waited for the podcast to start. So what did I do? Played it on my Xbox. Then when I came in here and we were kind of going through the intro and everything, I was playing it here on the PC again. Uh, thank God for cloud saves. But um, it's it's really good. It's, it's reinvigorating to play uh, kind of a social sim gardening sim like this. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I, I'm enjoying getting to delve into the relationships with all the Disney characters. I think it's really cool, and I can't wait to see what they do next. That's really cool, dude. I thought that game was a Switch exclusive, to be honest with you. No, it's Because I had it's only ever seen it on the Nintendo Direct. As far as I know, it's on everything. Like, I saw it on Steam, it's okay. on Xbox, PlayStation, Switch. And it's free to play, right? No. Um, oh, okay. So, Game Pass, it is free to play, because you can download it from Oh, game it's Pass. on Game Pass, okay. Yes. It is, however, a $30 game. That's not terrible. It's not terrible when you when you see the potential of what's to come. Like thirty dollars for that, I would do that. Like I think, I with how many times I've purchased Stardew Valley and Minecraft, thirty dollars oh, for a yeah. game like this, no problem. Hmm. I might have to give that a shot. This sounds interesting. It is definitely something to try. I recommend this. I do not recommend Atomic Cart. <laughs> ever. You know, I don't think we ever really hear you shit on a game like that. I kind of appreciated it. There we go. We don't ever really hear you come up here with a negative review. I try to have a nuanced take. I try to be as fair as I possibly can, but when yeah. you just throw me into this world and start giving me scenarios that I, I should feel like I should know what's going on and then you give me writing that peaks itself at fuck you Einstein as a as a as an insult dude and then I get SA'd by a robot 
fuck you, fuck your game. I do not ever want to see you make another game ever. Ever. Damn. Yeah. It was All infuriating. Right. I would rather play Launch Day Cyberpunk. <laughs> Holy shit. On the PS5. Oh my. Well. With half a working fan. And memory issues. I don't even have a hard drive in my PS5. That's that's where I'm at. Damn. Really hated that shit, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I downloaded it. Uh, and I think after listening to you... Don't. I'm I want you it. to give it a shot. I'm 100%. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't think I want to. <laughs> I don't think that I want to. To be fair... The game could open up a lot more, but it did such a good job at shutting itself down for me that I will never find out. I, I don't know, man. Uh, I might still give it a shot. I just, after listening to, you know, what you said about give it, it a shot I just... And see if I'm overreacting, which I, okay. have, I yeah. I'm, you know, want to do. <laughs> I do overreact. I am dramatic. No, I don't, I don't think you're overreacting, because the way you described it sounds extremely fucking distasteful. Yeah, well, let's find out. Play it. Alright, how far into it do I have to get minutes. to experience it? Oh, okay. Alright. Yep. Or I could just watch your stream and not waste my you time could. doing it. It would be the halfway point where I look so disgusted that I look like I'm gonna throw up. Alright, well. Yep. <laughs> Alright. Uh, well, I have, uh, kind of, uh, done something bad, um... Oh, my God. I don't know. I have started playing a game again, uh... Again? Yeah, that I haven't played in quite some time. Oh, can we guess? Y yeah, go ahead. Is this something you've talked about before? No, um, maybe. Definitely not Final Fantasy related. Was that an answer? Oh. I think that was an answer. Uh, no, it is not Final Fantasy related. Okay. Um, and you've maybe not talked about what is it? What console? Uh, I'm playing. It, I'm actually playing it on PC, but uh, historically I've played it on the Xbox. Which Xbox? <laughs> all all of them. Oh, Halo. okay. No, not Halo. Well, that um, was my guess. Uh, I don't know. Played it on all of them? Gears of War? Nope. It's, it's not an exclusive franchise. It's, it's not an exclusive? Oh. Well, that doesn't help. Yeah, that only widens things. <laughs> what the fuck? Doesn't matter what makes you're it playing significantly it on. more difficult. <laughs> What's it start with? Uh, Skyrim. M. Could you imagine if he you. was playing Skyrim? <laughs> of all games, that would be the last I would imagine he would be playing. Yes. DLC. Um, um, I don't know, man. And it's not Metal Gear. It's not Metal Gear. Okay. That What's the genre? Give, give us the genre. No, we gotta get in here. I'm gonna get. Yeah, this. if I give you the genre, it, it's genre. a dead giveaway. Fuck, it better not be Minecraft. Really? It's not Minecraft. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did play some Minecraft t uh, Good. today. Um, <laughs> right. No, not either. <laughs> I'm definitely not. Are you Madden. playing it right now, if, dude? If you're playing Madden, right now, I'm playing Madden 23. 
<laughs> Dude, I am too. I'm not even kidding. I'm playing it on the Xbox as it got added there. I don't even like football, Josh, and I'm playing the shit. Yeah. Uh, I um, I was roped into a, uh, a franchise uh, with some guys that I used to play the franchise mode with, like, religiously. Um, like, I, I'm pretty sure... I, this is where I was like I, I maybe talked about it on the show. I know I've said it somewhere before. Um, I just don't know if I've said it on the podcast. But like me and the guys that I'm playing with, we uh, had franchises that we would go like ten, fifteen years down the down the line and, God, and play it. Damn. Yeah, we would play like religiously. Um, but they they were like, hey, we're trying to we're trying to start another league, and um, uh, we're gonna have some people playing with us. And if you want to join, you can. I was like, oh uh, yeah, maybe I'll download it and we'll see. Um, and then I did, and yeah, uh, I've been playing it, and it is like it's like um, what's the, what's the expression? Um, I don't even like football, dude, and I'm enjoying my time with it. Yeah, yeah. It's like slipping on a Crazy. on an old glove. Is that right? Is that the phrase? I. It's like slipping on an old condom. Mm, no, it's not like that. Mm. Um, it's uh, I, I don't remember the phrase, but it's it's like it's like riding a bike. It, it's like I, I've never there lost my go. skills. I liked mine. Though. Um. I came in and it was a, a rough couple of uh, first matches. Um, I've had one match that I won that was absolutely infuriating, but like I won it, so I wasn't as mad. But the first two matches I came back into, they were like incredibly difficult. And then I started playing and, and was I was like I was exploiting defenses and I was like. Uh, calling the correct plays against you know the the defenses that they were playing and um, I don't know it just it I think I was uh, mixing up getting on the bike again and fits like a glove I think I was mixing two phrases together that's where I got tripped up um, but anyway mm-hmm. yeah 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 uh, I I do have some problems with it though uh, I I franchise has been they've added stuff which is cool i think on paper with stuff like um like they give you different uh like skill trees i guess would be the best best way to put it um Mm -hmm. they have different skill trees for like your coaches and and Awesome. Um, Take this. <clears throat> those will uh, um, basically go onto the field where you'll get like additional stat boost and stuff like that for your players, just depending on what skill trees you've set your coaches up with. Um, but the I I'm the reason that I'm I like I I don't like that as much is because it kind of I feel like takes away. Um, it, it, it gives the illusion of choice. That, that's what I should say. Like it's like yeah. oh you can pick the you can pick this specific um, like skill tree where these are the 
these are the bonuses that you get. Or uh, you can pick this one where this is the specific, you know, whatever. And, like, I think that that's cool to an extent. But I remember playing... This was probably as far back as Madden 2017 or 2018, um, where whenever basically you would have goals for every single player, and if you met those goals within a game, then you got points for that player, um, and then you could spend the uh, once those points added up, you got like a stat bonus or whatever, and you got to choose which stat you put it in. Now it's like fitting things to archetypes and it it just I don't know I I like I said I, I feel like it gives the illusion of choice like it tells you hey look here's the things that you can choose between and then it all like the actual choice that you make is just like do I want my running back to be a power back or a or a get it to the outside type thing and it, it, I feel like it takes away agency, and that's a little frustrating. Um, but uh, other than like some a, a few gripes, I've also noticed some really horrid animations that just they don't make any sense, like biologically. Like this guy is running straight, but he's facing backwards <laughs> type stuff. Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh yeah like i'm small gripes aside i'm i'm it it's got my attention right now uh, in terms of like what i'm doing that's not final fantasy that's crazy man that we wound up playing that at the same time because when i say i don't like football it's not that i hate the sport i just don't have any kind of core attachment to it right like mm -hmm. I will watch a game if it comes on and I can understand what's going on, but that's just not my sport. It never has been. Like, I'm a soccer and an MMA guy. But I do enjoy, like, if I'm sitting at a family, it's like a Sunday dinner with my family, I'm watching the game, too. Like, I'll get invested in it. So I saw that it got added to Game Pass, and I haven't played a Madden game that was not for achievements in a very long time. Um, actually, the last Madden game I played was strictly to bolster my achievement score back in... <laughs> probably 2010 like I'm that's not hilarious um, but before that I have very fond childhood memories with NFL Street and even further than that my favorite football game of all time if you remember back from a little midway game called NFL Blitz oh yeah yeah dude I used to play the shit out of that and I was like that's not at all going to be what this experience is but I will download it to give it a shot and um played my first little game. It was the little fantasy setup that they give you between, you know, I think it was uh, Brett Favre versus Tom Brady, and it's the John Madden legacy game or something, and I threw a pick six, and I turned the game off. But, uh... <laughs> I did, but I came back and I played the next day, and I've, I've, I've just been playing, like, head-to-head -head matches. Um, and it's it's been a lot of fun. I don't really know mechanically a lot of what I'm supposed to be doing but it's kind of cool to learn from a gamer's point of view and not someone who who knows the plays that I'm looking at you know what I mean like I don't really know the ideal situation that I should be in but 
not on offense. It's mostly defense that I struggle with. So I'm trying to learn how to get better, but it's happening from a gamer's point of view, not a football aficionado. You know what I mean? So, um, but I'm having a good time too with it, dude. That I, I I love that we're both winding up playing that at the same time. That's wild. That's just that was in my back pocket as just like a yeah, I'm dabbling in it. And turns out you're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. At the same time. Yep, it's a fun time, man. But um, what's not a fun time is no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you guys have been playing Hogwarts. Dylan almost quit. Yeah. So in that interaction. I talked about it in 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 length a couple of weeks ago. Austin, you've not been here for a couple of weeks, and you're now getting to sit down with Hogwarts. So, what do you think? I am, man. Um, so let me start off by saying. I know nothing about any of this. And I think that that's what's made the experience a little bit cooler. Um, I, honestly, the only reason I was even remotely interested in the game is all the trailers I'd seen, all the launch day gameplay, it just, it's so pretty. Everything about this game is f at, that I've seen so far personally is fucking gorgeous. Um... I don't have anywhere near the time into it that you probably... Dylan, you said you finished it, right? Yeah, I, be, I beat it. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, I have not... I don't even have the broom yet. So I, don't, I, I haven't put that anywhere near that much time. Because um, I've been distracted. But it, it's it's gotten me interested in this world in a way that I, I never really cared to before. Um, I even watched the first two Harry Potter movies. Um... I eventually plan to finish them, but I don't have any super crazy thoughts on the game yet. Um, I think it's a whole lot of fun. My only real issue is the combat is kind of getting stale very quickly. Uh, you know, I'm sure that I, I've seen fucking TikTok edits of dudes playing this shit like it's a fucking Souls game. And it looks wild. So I'm sh I'm sh I have to imagine it gets more expansive uh, as I keep playing. And I'm excited to get to that, but so far, it's a really good time. Um, combat does truly open up the more you play. So you eventually get to the point where you can start spending talent points, and you can upgrade them into, I think, five, maybe six different outlets. And one of the ones is just like kind of a core area, like core mechanic area. And then mm -hmm. you can unlock... Um, uh, different spell wheels that you can access. So, okay, yeah, and so you know how you like hold the right trigger and then you cast a spell with one of the buttons. Yeah, if you hold the right trigger and press up, down, left, right, you'll switch to one of the four different spell wheels that you've unlocked. Mm -hmm. So, in doing that for me, combat towards the end of the game really opened up because you have this arsenal at your disposal. And you can start to create your customized spell wheels. Like, I had my core one. Like, that's the one that my favorite combo was to cast Leviosa and then to cast Descendo. That essentially picks them up and then slams them down. Yeah. Um, once you start investing into talents, your spells open up more. So instead of me casting Leviosa on one person, if there's someone else standing next to them, it's going to pick both of them up in the air. Mm. So it's pretty cool. And then once you start shifting to the different spell wheels like i can lock someone in a combo that like you said 
A, makes me feel like a god, but I can truly start to play it like a Souls game with the parries, with the dodge rolls. I can make it to where the dodge rolls make my um, ancient magic bar go up more just by using those talent points. And then if I get the ancient magic, of course, that's like the most badass spell you can cast. Like, you turn into a god mm -hmm. with that. Um, so combat definitely opens up more. I encourage you to flesh out more spells and more skill trees and stuff like that. Um, oh yeah, definitely. I'm, I definitely plan to keep playing. You get the broom about ten hours into the game. Um, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I beat the game sitting at a solid thirty-two hours, and like I said, that's thirty-two hours of only playtime. That's not me navigating menus or me walking away from the screen for an hour because I forgot. It only yeah. calculates the time that I've spent playing. It took me thirty-two hours with side quests and everything to beat the game. Um, Damn. My, my one biggest fear did come true, Josh, from the last time we spoke. They don't... They do not invest into telling you where you came from or why you're going to Hogwarts as a fifth year. It's really unfortunate. Um, it is unfortunate. It, I have no clue why I'm in the situation I'm in. I don't know why I have magical... The magical blood that I do. There was a lot of unanswered questions that, in theory, they could delve into in a, in a future game. I do believe that one is coming. I think they would be foolish not to. Mm -hmm. um, the story itself was okay. Like, I'm not going to say it was anything mesmerizing. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time with the story. But one thing that I wanted to touch on <laughs> is that this is the game... This is... Mm, I don't know if there's been another one. This is the only game that has ever given me a side quest that compares to the Bloody Baron questline from The Witcher 3. It blew me away. It's blown everyone who has played the game away to the point where I say we because collectively we do feel like the side quest should have been the main quest because it was so mm -hmm. goddamn good. I have never... Dude, it came from a character that at the, at the beginning of the game, I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, skedaddle. I'm going to go hang out with these kids. The more that I did his quest line, the more that it be he was like a brother to me. Like, I, I, was, I was his ride or die. I don't care what we got into, what kind of dark magic shit we were doing. I was there for him. He was there for me. We had each other's backs. I fucking love him as a character. His name is Sebastian. I'm not going to go into what the quest line is. I think everyone needs to experience who is choosing to play the game. Because by the end of it, holy shit. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, real, 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 real good. Um, that being said, I wish that the main story could have lived up to the hype of that quest. Because they're, like from the beginning, you know where the quest line's going, the main story. And you can see how it ends, and it truly does end that way. Really cool final boss fight. Really annoying final boss fight. It was Souls level of pissing me off at one point. I did not care for that, but I did. Um, and then once the game wraps up, you you can then start working on the quote-unquote true ending, and that's maxing out the field guide, getting the game 100%. Then you graduate the year. You do the house cup. Bada-bing, bada-boom, you're done. So there's huge post-game potential. Any any chance to finish up quest lines that you did not do, do not worry. If you beat the main boss, you get all the time in the world to go back and explore after the fact. 
Um, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I will, I will continue to say that the more that I experience this world, the more that it continued to blow me away. Not in terms of the things you could do, but just the locations themselves. They were absolutely mind-blowingly stunning from the Valley of Hogwarts itself to the point where you go through a mountain and then you come out and you're on the coast and it's just like, goddamn. Like, that's me coming up from the catacombs in Dark Souls 3 and stepping out into the Boreal Valley like that classic Dark Souls 3 moment, it happened when I came through the cave and then I was on the coast and it's like, holy shit, this place is beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, they continued throughout the game to deliver phenomenal results when it comes to aesthetics. Um, they missed the mark on the quest lines, for sure, like the main quest, and then kind of delving into, or the lack of delving into your past. And then there were certain moments in one of the one of the main quests where an unforgivable curse is cast from like one of the main good guys and I in, in the moment you can understand why it happened and I was totally down for it but it's mm -hmm. like why did no one else react the same way that anyone else would have casting the killing curse like they kind of just looked at him and left it be like yeah. there should have been some kind of discussion about it and there never was as a Harry Potter fan, there were certain things missing that I really wish they would have delved more on or had certain moments that they would have expanded on because as a fan, I'm like, no, you wouldn't have just let that go. Like, why did they choose to do that at that moment? Like, I need to know. And sometimes you just don't get the answers. I think that there's certain performance issues with it. Like, sometimes in the dense part of the castle, it can get a little sluggish and then walking through a door sometimes like if there's about to be a big open area on the other side of it sometimes it'll take a second for the door to open but overall I had a fantastic time with it I think at some point this year I would like to sit down and revisit our most favorite games of all time because since we've been doing this podcast I've played more games in my life than I ever have mm -hmm. um and it's really caused my top probably 20 games of all time to just completely flip and change. And it's ever-changing. And it's getting to experience games like Hogwarts Legacy that I'm a huge fan of. Is it a 10 out of 10 game? No. There's broken aspects to it. Some parts of the story don't add up. I don't like that we get no explanation of where we came. Like, it's not a perfect game. It's, yeah. not, it's not Elden Ring. It's not a mastercraft. I think it's really, really well-crafted. And it does so much right, and it delivered one of my favorite side quests of all time. And it allowed me freedom in a world that I've always wanted to explore, but I've never been able to. It gave me all of that. It's one of my mm. most favorite games of all time. I can say that because I've poured myself into it, and I continue to want to do so. But I don't think it's like... It's not going to be game of the year, but for what it does right, it deserves to be acknowledged for that. Um, but I had a great time with it. This will probably be until you talk about it when you finish it. Probably the last I talk about it again, just because I am kind of done with it now. Like yeah. I might play more in my own time, go back and get achievements and stuff like that. But as of right now, I'm kind of, you know, closing the book. Like I'll, I'll, I'll we'll revisit it later down the line as a cozy game. This for sure would fall into a cozy game for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, dude. I, I, I as a fan, it did everything that I wanted and more. 
Yeah, I and just hearing you talk so highly about it has me even more excited to go back and and play more of it. It, it um, like I said, even though I haven't put as much time into it as I probably wanted to uh, by now, um, just because of other factors, it, it's it's a really good game, and I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm very glad I yeah. decided I to dive into to it. Not hard focus on the main story. And you'll know that by the yellow quest markers next to. Yeah, I'm just I'm doing all the side quests I have available before I even touch a main I, story I quest. I truly would, man, because being a student at Hogwarts was the best part of that game to me. Getting to invest yeah, in and I can understand that. Yeah, go to class and stuff like that. Go to Hogsmeade. That's where the game shines. <laughs> it's. I never thought that I would figure out what my fucking Harry Potter house was, but here I fucking am. What are you? Uh, Ravenclaw. Oh yeah, we're we're Raven buddies. Yeah, I because I, I I knew that um, going into the game, you uh, you know you do the whole sorting hat thing, and you kind of really get a choice on what you want. Um, but I did the 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 website that you can like link to it or whatever, um, where you like do the test yeah. and it tells you what your house is and you said Ravenclaw. Yeah. Do you? I'm assuming no because I have not seen anything talked about it, and it's very anything talking about it, and it's kind of a shame. But like the whole Patronus thing, that's not you don't get that right. That's so disappointing. There's no reason for you to have to cast cast Expecto Patronum because that's used to fend off a monster that's not in the game that that I've seen. Okay, okay. See, I I don't know that. I just knew that my spirit animal was a wolf, and I thought that was neat. Hoping that a second game gives us a look into Azkaban and the Dementors. But this game, as far as I know, you can go to Azkaban on a Hufflepuff questline. Only a Hufflepuff questline. But you don't have access to the Patronus charm, nor do I think Dementors are even truly there, really. Uh, Does Ravenclaw even have any exclusive quests? No, we actually had the fewest quests out of all the houses. Oh, cool. Yeah, the achievements literally set this up for you to replay the game multiple times. Like, there's achievements for doing things as each one of the four houses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. It is cool, considering it took me 32 hours just to do it on fucking Ravenclaw, and that was the shortest quest line. (coughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. (laughs) Well, damn. Yeah. All done. Well, that's it. Video games. Video games. All right. Well, uh, I guess let's get to uh. Um, oh God, it's nine forty. Our picks of the week, and we'll get out of here. POWs. POWs. Oh, don't no. I don't. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you are a bastard, picks man. Picks of the weeks. Um. My pick of the week is. A uh, video from Ryan Hollinger. Uh, it actually, I think, came out earlier today. Let me see. Uh, yes, it did. Um, so this one is about Skinnamarink, uh, and it's entitled uh, "Why Does Skinnamarink Upset You?" Um, and he doesn't try to like break down what the, the movie's about or anything like that. More so, he just kind of talks about, like, um, kind of like how how art is interpretive and, and uh, things of that nature. Um, it's a good video. I, I liked it uh, quite a bit. And um, it's uh, good stuff. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Or don't. 
Hell yeah, dude. I, I've, I've heard his name before. I've never, I had to look it up. I've never seen any of his videos, but I've heard a lot of people talk pretty highly about his content. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one of the YouTubers that I, uh, respect quite a bit. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, my pick of the week is an album called Equivalence by an artist named Ama Lee. Uh, I think I've talked about her before. Uh, and typically, I think that most fan covers of anime music tends to be on the cringy side. Uh, hers is not. Hers is really well done, and this entire album equivalence is her covering every major track from both the original 2003 Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, she does a really incredible job and super, super, super good. Hell yeah. Uh, for me this week, we have a song by Starcadian called Neon Head. Um, best way I can describe this <coughs> is an off-brand Daft Punk. So, check okay. it out. It's really good. Walmart really brand long. Daft Punk. Yes, there you go. Great value. Great, great <laughs> value Daft Punk, yeah. <laughs> okay, hell yeah. I'll check that out. Uh, all right. Well... As always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop Honey and the Culture Pop family of content. Culture Pop is available on Instagram at culture underscore pop and on YouTube.com. We are available there at slash C slash Culture Pop. Um, I'm available on Twitter at the Bebopman182, on Instagram at Bebopman182, and on Twitch at the underscore Bebopman. Uh, Dylan is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV, on Instagram at OMDizzy, on Twitch at OMDizzy, and on YouTube at OMDizzy. And then, finally, we've got uh, Austin. He is available on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok. All of your pop plays. Uh, finally, if you like what we do here, if you enjoy the podcast, if you like the videos, if you uh, like the streams, uh, do us a favor consider going to patreon.com uh, and tossing us a pledge. We've got some cool perks over there, and uh, the more patrons we receive, obviously, the, the more entertainment that we can provide you directly. Um, so, yeah. And uh, this is our Patreon voted uh, topic of the show. Uh, I forgot to mention that earlier. And as such, I would like to thank the following people who make this podcast possible justin scrooge mcduck ruiz tawny maui salmon jeffrey ursula Ciarto, blake mushu graham gilbert buzz Lightyear kitchens sean raya o'keefe jr bren fuck mickey woodham dylan queen of hearts martin <laughs> austin oogie boogie stevens all right that that's it that's end of our show i hope do we have anything else that i don't think so i was kind of i was kind of scared that dylan was going to be like yes here is something that is awful that you should now know about because i hate you but i hate come on dylan hit us with a sponsor (laughs) i kid i kid uh all right well yeah that's the end of the show so until next time Good business.